you want to grow older, but you don't want to stay doing the same thing mentally that you've been doing over these course of years. Like you want to be able to expand and grow and just contribute to this world. And it's really hard to contribute to this world when you're just stuck to yourself. Welcome to the PS Younger Self podcast, where we talk to inspiring entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and creatives on how we can all crush our fears and optimize our lifestyle to live our most fulfilling lives, and always on our own terms. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of PS Younger Self. We have a very special episode today because I love the story of how I met my guests. I came across our guest's video on YouTube titled, Why I Moved to Lisbon from the U.S., which has now garnered more than 300,000 views. So let me tell you, I have watched a lot of videos on YouTube, probably just like you, but I have never, ever been so compelled to contact a creator just to tell them how much I appreciate their video. And this does not count my years of working with beauty influencers, where I had to, but We will get to that maybe a little bit later. So my guest is a digital marketing guru who works with U.S. and international business owners to help build their businesses online exponentially. And we're not going to be talking about her amazing talent in marketing, but her compelling story in that video that has sparked also a popular series on her YouTube channel and how she's inspiring so many people around the world to take bold risks, and at any age. So please meet the lovely Cinnamon McCann. Welcome, Cinnamon. Thanks so much for being on my show. I'm so happy that you're here with me. Oh my goodness. Like, what? Such an amazing intro. (laughs) Like, gosh, I want to meet me. I freaking can't wait to meet you. <laughs> Please, you guys sound so much more better than I probably am in real life. <laughs> uh, you deserve all of it. And I can't wait. Like I said, I've been like, you know, texting you. I hope you don't think I'm like, I'm like, what, what are those called? What's like a fan bee or anyway, but from watching your video to sliding into your DM and no, then like no. all you, you, and I just realized, you know, after you asked me to be on your channel, and then I saw every single one of your the series, Mm -hmm. where you interviewed all these amazing expats. And I read all these comments too, about how you're inspiring people to want to take that risk, you know, and so I thought it was very important to bring it onto my channel cinnamon, because my channel is not about marketing a business. It's really about helping people crush their fears Mm -hmm. to live their most fulfilling lives on their own terms. It was really the genesis of why I started it because, as you know my story now, I I quit everything. And so I think you can inspire so many. So I know we connected on our similar stories of why we left the U.S. for Europe, but I would love to ask you to tell my audience – on your why? My why. Um, so I, I think initially um, I did the same, you know, overly ambitious drive that so many of our are kind of pushed to do. And I started my first company when I was uh, 21. 
And I just grind and worked hard and did everything that I was supposed to do. And I had a business colleague. Um, we were friends and we were business colleagues. And we were both overachievers. And we would call each other every morning at 7 in the morning and go over our goals for the day. And then the next morning, we'll talk about what we accomplished, what we didn't accomplish. And we did some minor traveling together. And when I say minor, of course, I'm based out of Washington, D.C. So we did some Caribbean and a little bit of South America. Um, and then one day she was literally like my healthiest friend. I mean, she barely ate meat. She did green juice and yoga all the time. I mean, she was literally healthy. And I remember her calling me one day and she said, I'm going to run. No, she called me at night. She's like, I'm going to run to the hospital. I'm having some problem breathing. I'll call you um, when I get back. And I was like, yeah, girl, just, you know, hit me in the morning. And she called me in the morning and I said, well, what the doctor say? And she said, they said I have a lump on my lung and they have to crack open my chest to do a biopsy. And I go, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> And she's like, I said, so what did you do? And she says, I went home. I didn't have time for this. I don't, I don't understand what's going on. I need to think. I said, okay. And so of course she, you know, ended up doing what the doctor said and they found out she had lung cancer. And then it just all types of cancers start popping up. Like she had a tumor on her brain. Like we have no idea, but you know, we heard about people surviving cancer before. So, you know, a couple of, we had some mutual friends and we're like, listen, if anybody's going to beat cancer, she's going to beat cancer. So we're like, we're not even worried, girl. We're fine. And a year later, she was out of here. And oh. I had a series of, of, of people who had passed away. But that one stuck with me in regards to this whole overly ambitious thing. Because I remember how hard we were on ourselves if we didn't fulfill certain goals on the timeline we had made up. <laughs> like nobody was yes. on this timeline, you know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And we were just um, obsessive about it to the point that we probably weren't living the life that we wanted to. So at that time, I had committed to traveling uh, out of the country every month. And I decided that I wanted to do that because we were going to go to, I think, to Jamaica or something. And that was like one of her fav- favorite places to go. And she didn't go as often because, you know, again, it was work. And it's like, all right, I'm going to make an effort to go to a country every single month. And when I did that, I started to experience, you know, different cultures, different ways of life. And it just opened my eyes to like, what am I doing in the state? <laughs> you know, you keep meeting these people who are enjoying their life, enjoying their family, enjoying so much. And it's not about this constant, constant grind. And I just wanted that. And that's kind of what initiated the move. I always felt like I wouldn't necessarily grow old in America because I didn't even want to battle with America's health insurance issues. Oh, God. <laughs> we, yes, I won't even go there. I, <laughs> yeah. So I thought when I had gotten, you know, much older, I was thinking like maybe late 50s, early 60s, who knows. But then I can I, I continue to remember that, like, you don't know. If you have one day, two days, two weeks, two months, two years, you have no idea how long you're going to be here. And I think all of us kind of assume that tomorrow is always promised and we push our happiness of all things yes. to a different date, you know? Mm-hmm. That was oh, that was so key right there. You said what you said about that we often push our happiness aside mm-hmm. because we're so fixated. And you also said something really, really important that I uh, want to hone in on is this timeline yeah. that you made up yeah. that not just you, Cinnamon, I'm sure you'll agree that 
a lot of us make up this timeline because we're so conditioned, right? We're so conditioned by this culture scape, our, our society, our, I don't know if what type of um, kind of family upbringing you had, but for me, my family was also, my parents were super strict on me, but even our education system, like how about you? Where do you think this made up timeline was influenced by? I mean, I can go into such a deeper (laughs) theory as to what I feel was kind of purposely done for the layout of America, but I will spare you that. (laughs) Um, But I I, I do feel like um, I also day trade. And so what I did know about why I Mm. particularly wanted to leave during around this time last year is because I knew the market or know the market. We're going to experience a massive recession. And I knew that prior to COVID, COVID is going to exacerbate things. And I was, of course, an entrepreneur when we got hit last time in 2008, 2009, and I lost everything. Like I had to start all over. And then you wonder like all that time that I was, you know, grinding and driving myself crazy to lose it all. It's like, well, damn, that was a waste. (laughs) But it it definitely taught me a new way of life. And I remember when it was time to kind of reestablish myself professionally, I purposely chose a profession that would allow me to be location independent. I wanted to do something digital because I was so busy on the ground working all the time. And I was never able to travel or enjoy myself and be around with my family or friends. Like if someone gets sick now, I can leave and be with them for however long they need me to be with them. And I couldn't do that before. And so that was, and still is important to me. Um, I want to cherish those moments that I have with people. And um, I can't remember my train of thought about my answer to the question. Okay. Okay, I actually want to jump on something there because I think it's really important when you said that you lost everything uh, during the day trade period, and I'm sure it was a, a lot of wealth and sentiment. I think a lot of people, we are associate our identity with how much money we make, our title at a company. I certainly did. I was chasing titles in my corporate career to your house, to your car, all these material things. Did you experience that too? Did you have- I had, I mean, I was- I had, uh, I was day trading. So I had a brokerage account and I had probably a bunch of properties at the time and so much was going on in real estate. And if you day trade or in real estate, you typically get hit probably about five to eight months before the rest of the world. (laughs) So I had Mm. uh, lines of credit on various properties and they were like, yeah, no, you can't have it anymore. And I was like, is that something you could do? Like when... (laughs) (laughs) Things were kind of falling apart in my real estate business. So I liquidated my brokerage account to attempt to save real estate that I just should have just let go. And so, you know, my, you're right. My identity was my personal identity because no one else was like, oh, you're not great if you don't make money. Like literally once again, I'm putting this whole pressure on me again that I associate my, my worth. I think. Um, was by how much money I made. But that's really kind of like the um, quantitative thing of what we look at as success, unfortunately, until you leave and realize or come out of that bubble and realize that's not necessarily success. (laughs) You know, we see other people having phenomenal lives and they're still successful. Exactly. So when you decided that I don't need to be defined by 
how much money I make and living this like hustling, always on the grind lifestyle because there's so much more. Did you have any fears of just letting everything that you've built in the US to move to a not just a foreign country, but a new continent, you know? And if you had any fears, like how did oh, you? I, I had massive fears. I mean, first, it's important to know that even um, going through that recession, I went through de- massive depression for a good three, probably three years minimum. I really don't know how long it was. And I should have done it. I wish I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but that whole period, it's not like I just you know lost everything and then I woke up and I was like, yeah, I'm good. Let's do this. Hell no. <laughs> like I There were years of just me not being able to handle myself. And then I actually, I wrote two books. One was just like a guide on how to self-publish. And the other one was a book that was important to me because I'm single, I don't have any kids. And so I could not process how mom entrepreneurs are going through tragic things and able to look at their kid and just still be, you know what I mean? Like I just couldn't process what I would have to do if um, I had a mouth to feed. And so I started becoming obsessed with mom entrepreneurs and I started to search them out. And um, I interviewed probably about 10 of them. And listening to their stories is what made me get over myself. Cause I was like, gee, I really need to get over myself. Cause I was hearing their stories and they were incredible. And I think if anyone's listening to this and they're feeling like they're really unhappy or they just don't really know what to do or how to turn, go volunteer somewhere. Um, like depression mm. can be a very self-centered and selfish place. Um, Cause you keep oh. just focusing on you and what's wrong with you and why you're not happy. And I think it's like, you got to break away and just go volunteer somewhere with whatever you like. If you like kids, go volunteer somewhere with kids. If you like animals, go do that volunteer. And I think it'll help you get that ickiness out your chest, like getting it out your head. I think that, so that's what helped me. I didn't necessarily volunteer, but I was in an environment of people who, just really educated me on, look, life's going to happen. And what you, you pick yourself up and you move forward. And that happened in regards to move. I mean, the move from the recession to when I actually moved was like a decade later. So of course, there was a series of ups and downs, you know, in between that decade. Well, you made another salient point about how depression is a very self-centered mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Wow. But I think that's something really important to really kind of hone in on is that we're not going to minimize the fact that it is a serious mental, you know, a health issue and it can be, but the point of how you said, you know, we get in our heads and before it gets to be really, really at a hard place where you may need some help. There is a spiral where you are constantly in this negative loop in your head that you start to actually um, manifest and become because, you know, what we know from brain science is that what you think you become. And so I really thought that that was such an important point that you said that remove yourself from this self centered place and uh, go just volunteer. Or even when you said that, like, you may not have volunteer, but you actually, I feel like when you were interviewing all these mom entrepreneurs, that you were volunteering your time to learn, like you were putting yourself aside to learn so much about how all these amazing moms who 
always probably put their children first, mm-hmm. right? And so I thought that was such a powerful point that you made. And when you said in your story, Cinnamon, I kind of want to also touch on this because it was another reason why I was so compelled to reach out to you is that you spoke about how you were almost hitting 40 and then you had this realization that, you know, life is too short. And I too, I made my my move to London at the age of 39. And I, for me, I had basically every single person in my family tell me pretty much verbatim, like you're almost 40. Don't you want to settle down and create stability? Like pulling out that age card. But I think outside of just family expectations that I may have experienced, I think society, Cinnamon, and tell me if what you think, if you think differently, but they put an age on a lot of things of what you think you should have should achieve or you should be settling down or creating or not taking bold risk. Or if you're a woman in your forties, like, you know, should you be taking these like bold risks? What are your thoughts about that? I mean, I definitely agree. And I, I feel like there is some pressure there, but again, I feel like some of that pressure, a lot of that pressure is self-inflicted. Um, if you mm-hmm. are ambitious, you measure things quantitatively, <laughs> you know, so um, whether that's money, whether that's how old you are, or how long, you know, this took me, took you or, you know, it's just always this quantitative type of me- measurement. And um, I think if, if you're if you're ambitious, you tend to kind of try to feel like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? I think mm-hmm. at that point, for me personally, again, I had, you know, someone else pass away and I just didn't want it to prematurely be my time. And I would say I didn't live my life to the fullest. Like that it was my biggest thing. Like I just got to go out there and see yep. if it works. I can always come back, but I don't want to not try this. And I like my my addiction to travel had gotten so bad that I would literally get, I'm from Washington, D.C., so the airport I would usually fly into was Reagan or Dallas, but usually Reagan. And I was in the Uber on my way home, and I'm on my phone, on the Airbnb app, trying to find out where I'm going to go next. I just got back. Like, what am I doing? And I was doing that a lot, and I was like, this is this is really, this can't be normal. And then the thing is when you decide to do something different, whether it's, you know, move abroad or what have you, some of your friends who have known you to be this way are going to have a hard, may have a hard time kind of identifying, definitely giving advice. Cause you know, it, prior to me moving, I completely lost it. Yeah. Um, I got all this anxiety. Like I had my first anxiety attack. I didn't even know what it was. And I know like moving abroad can sound glamorous, but there is definitely a series of things you will experience and it's okay. Like, don't think, oh, this feels icky. I should have never done this. Cause I was thinking that I just didn't go anywhere, um, but it's all new. And I think the interesting thing about moving abroad, particularly to a country you don't speak the language is that so much is new and it was overwhelming for me. Here you are mm. trying to be this overachiever in life. And then you're, you're put in this place where I just didn't know basic things. Like I could probably go anywhere and figure out how to take a bus. But then I was like, wait, so what? How do I do this here? <laughs> you know, how do I tell <laughs> you know, just basic things I sucked at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, 
But when you were okay with sucking at it, right? I think like I was okay after I wasn't okay the first week. I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you. Okay. The first week, I think I cried every single night, and wow. I, I, I was just bad at everything. And I just felt so out of place. And then I, I couldn't. I didn't understand the language, and I, I just struggled. Um, but it was I was dealing with a whole bunch of things at the same time. So I'm dealing with all these new things coming at me at once. And then was this a mistake? And then me feeling lonely. So it was all these things. And then I reach out to my network. And I guess after a week, I was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad. But again, like all those things that you just spoke about, I feel like those are, again, your own fears, your own limiting beliefs that we all have. And I appreciate you just being raw and real with us is that whether it's moving abroad or taking any type of major risk that looks glamorous, Mm -hmm. let's say, it's not always that there's going to be all these challenges that come our way. And a lot of the self inflicted, like you said, thoughts that we have are ones that we bring on to ourselves. But I think it's important and why I asked if you were okay that you sucked is for us to allow ourselves to make mistakes along the way and give and forgive ourselves a little bit, you know? And I think that's when we can pick ourselves up faster and realize that, you know, with every mistake, I'm going to get stronger or I'm going to become better and learn from it, but it's never easy. That's for sure. So if you can give like one advice to anyone thinking about taking a risk, it could be at any risk, whether it's in their career or travel or anything, but they are held back thinking like, am I too old for this? I would say you can't do anything. You can't grow in it and not experience some type of uncomfortableness. You know, there's just, you know, when you know how to do things over and over again, like it's almost second nature, you know what I'm saying? And I will tell you just how closed off I've gotten at the age of what I, I think I left at four you know, um, I wouldn't even go and meet new people because I was like, I, I, most of my friends, I mean, I grew up in DC. So most of my friends I've known for like 20 or 30 years. So I didn't feel the need to go run out and meet new ones. I was like, I'm good with the ones that I have. Mm-hmm. I wasn't rushing to hear like new opinions or different because I was just stuck in this. This is how my life has been for, you know, 20, 30 years. I'll, this is where I'll stay. Where when you're yeah. forced to kind of go into this whole different environment, whether it's a new job, whether it's a new country, whether it's a new relationship, so many new things are, are coming to you at once that you kind of have to adapt and have to be more open. And being more open is usually a good thing. You know, it allows, you know, your your brain to develop different pathways and, you know, just learn, you know. So exactly. it's definitely something I would recommend because it's like you want to grow older, but you don't want to stay doing the same thing mentally that you've been doing over these course of years. Like you want to be able to expand and grow and just contribute to this world. And it's really hard to contribute to this world when you're just stuck to yourself. You can't share your experiences. Um, Some of the mistakes you've made so someone else wouldn't make them. Um, just, just that growth is a very human process and it's a networking, it's a relationship process and you owe it to other people to share your story, whatever that story is. 
And that, I mean, I think, again, because it was just me and this is my city and this is where I work and these are my friends, I was just like, I'm good. (laughs) You know, I felt kind of (laughs) in that area. And I encourage everyone because, you know, and not to be doom and gloom, but you don't know how long you're here. So just impact as many people as you can. Yeah, that was also another beautiful point, Cinnamon, that you said is that you can't contribute to this world unless you're growing. That was so well said. I cannot agree with you more. And exactly that. If you're, you know, the comfort zone is very comfortable, right? But you don't grow in the comfort zone, you stagnate. So unless you take those risks, because with risk, it may, there may come some failures. There may come, you know, immediate successes, but that like putting at the edge, like of whatever that risk may be and being on the other side, there's such an exponential growth in your, your human development. And I could not agree with you more that unless you do that to grow, you can't really contribute to the world. So I'm curious if you've always been a risk taker because, and, and what your risk propensity is, because I know there's this fascinating like study by the psychologist Elkie Weber, and she theorized that everyone has this unique risk propensity in these five categories. I think they are financial, health and safety, recreational, ethical, and social. And I will tell you, Cinnamon, I certainly have higher risk propensity in certain areas and like in the financial, which seems like you did. I, (laughs) I won't even put a a quarter in a slot machine, girlfriend. So I'm curious, have you always been a risk taker and what are, what is that propensity in all these different categories? I mean, in all the categories, I'm not sure. And I guess it's, it's relative. I mean, I'm sure to my friends and probably my family, they would immediately say yes. Um, to all, but uh, for me, I, I maybe as, as things related to my career, I just really was trying to always trying to figure out where my happiness lies. And as much as like money is not really my motivator, um, the only way of determining if I was doing like this life thing right was my assumption of just that was the number. Like there were numbers that were associated to money with me saying, "Oh, I think I'm doing that okay," um, but it's not really my motivator. Um, and I think as far as being a risk taker, again, I feel like it's relative because I hear some of these other people's stories and I'm like, man, you did that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, I wish, you know, so, um, and it's, it's harder for me to answer that question now because now I'm I'm having like a surplus of people that I think are phenomenal and took so many risks that, um, my of me being a risk taker is, no, you are. I think I think you certainly are, but I know what you mean. But because, like, when I look at like like Richard Branson, for example, we all know what a phenomenal, brilliant human he is. But besides the fact that he's a brilliant businessman and he's built what I think three hundred types of businesses under the Virgin label. But what I really, really love about Richard Branson when I've studied him, I read one of my favorite autobiographies is Losing My Virginity, mm-hmm. is that he has this this appetite for high risk taking in all aspects. Like he, he apparently had, Oh, I'm blinking, but I think double digit near death experiences. Mm. And you know, he's, he's an older gentleman and he's still out there. He swims 
from one side of his, um, oh, I'm blanking again on the island that he owns to like the other side. And, and, and when you ask him, like, why, like, are you not afraid or taking risk and all that stuff? But, you know, that's what drives him. And he doesn't, and I think some of the most creative people or innovative people that are always growing and challenging and back to what we're talking about and always learning is not being able to take that risk. And just so I was just curious because, you know, I definitely see yourself as someone who's inspiring to take risk and wanted to see if other areas, because (laughs) in this other study, did you know, Cinnamon, that for example, women tend to make more risk in social lives, such as moving to a new city. So apparently, yeah, that's more common with women. And like guys will obviously take more risk in the financial area and recreation like sports. I did. I didn't know that. I can. I can see that though. Um, but no, I didn't know that. And, and even as I'm, you know, trying to look for more people to interview, it has been a bit of a challenge to find um, men. I can find women relatively easy, but men, men have uh, kind of hiding out in these other countries. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Wait. So um, I want to get back to another really important point that you made about that your motivator now mm-hmm. is happiness. So how would you define being happy? I've always been a relationship type of girl, not meaning that I had to be in a romantic one, but like my friends and their happiness and their energy. And I just have a amazing group of friends. Like they're just so super awesome and they're very considerate and they're very caring, even of my friends that they don't know. Like, interestingly enough, one of my girlfriends, um, her basement flooded and my best friend contacted me and she's like, you know, what's going on? I said, helping my friend kind of problem solve. And she was like, well, does she need help? And I'm like, that's why I love you because you don't even know this girl. <laughs> you just want to know she needs help. You know, and I, I feel like my circle is just, has just always been um, so supportive and loving. And so that can do nothing but give you energy and, and make you feel great. And so I think the happiness now is just connecting people, which I think I'm doing on accident, which is awesome. Um, connecting people mm-hmm. to other people that can bring them joy and happiness. Cause I feel like when people are deciding to leave a whole country, usually they're kind of searching for something. And I'm definitely not saying you're going to find it moving to another country, but I think you're yeah. definitely open to some newness and that can be new relationships that can be, you know, new experiences. And so you're open to kind of, you know, have these experiences that you may not have been open to when you were kind of closed and complacent and just kind of stuck in your own um, bubble. So that has been extremely amazing that I didn't anticipate because when I started this series of um, experiences living abroad, I only did it because I think in the comments, people were asking me questions that I just didn't feel equipped to answer. And I was like, I don't know. I just got here. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm <laughs> winging this. I do not feel like you should be listening to me. <laughs> I just want to tell you what my experience is and you derive what you need from that. But what ended up happening, all these people were contacting me and they're like, oh, I live here and I've had this experience. And I was like, would you mind sharing it? <laughs> and they're like, uh, I never thought about that, but okay. You know, so when the first couple said, okay, then, then when more people were going to come on, they could look at other interviews and say, oh, okay, that doesn't look so bad. I could do it. 
you know, but prior it was just like, can I put you on camera and you tell me what you initially I've had some people, Oh, we can do it over the phone. And I was like, no, I think people need to see your face. <laughs> so, um, you know, so there was that. And I, and actually initially only planned to do it for like a month or two. It was right, right around COVID when it kind of happened. So no one could leave the house anyway. So I was like, all right, let me just get people on a conference and do a virtual meeting and kind of do it that way. So I had planned on ending it, I think uh, last month, July, but before I ended it, I just wanted to check with the audience to be like, Hey, I'm going to end it. Is that okay? Or did you guys care? And then I was just, it warmed my heart that people were like, please don't. I mean, we understand it's a lot of work. We get it, whatever you do. But, you know, they was like, you know, I write notes, I do this. And I was like, really? (laughs) You know? And that just, uh, that made me happy. So in regards to happiness, it's, um, I think it's cool to get people connected to other people that can help them find their happy. That was so beautiful. And exactly. I think at the end of the day is what impact you're having on the world. And for you, even if it was accidental and hearing the joy, this happiness and fulfillment that you're getting from building a community who are Also, I love what you said is that, you know, you're not just serving them, but through this community, they are making Mm -hmm. connections. They are um, helping each other, which, and I was actually really touched too. And it's true, Cinnamon, because after my interview on your channel, I had people slide into my DM, you know. (laughs) My group will do that, honey. They will go into your DMs. I basically like welcomed it. I was like, yes, hi, slide, you know, but, but, you know, in all seriousness is that they genuinely were asking for questions. Like I, uh, your video was helpful, etc. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, I can actually help someone. Mm-hmm. And you're right. That human mm-hmm. where I think, you know, there's so much bad going on in this world right now. I know we all know, but I think we forget to think that on a human level, we all just want to connect and want to feel heard. And that connection, even if it's digital, even if it's just helping to answer a question, and I'm sure you'll agree because this is what you're doing and what you said that's your motivators is this happiness is that helping other people is actually more fulfilling than being served. You know, like like giving a gift versus like receiving right. a gift, right. kind of. So I just wanted to acknowledge the amazing community that you've built. And, and also, it kind of seems like a happy accident, mm-hmm. right? Like you didn't plant, yeah. And I think that's the other thing that I want to stress here for people is that when you're taking risk or trying something new, let's say maybe, you know, the series is, wasn't so high on the risk factor, but it was something new. And when you try something new, besides the learning, you may be pleasantly surprised of what other creative idea or ways that you are connecting with people will unfold and and how your life path will evolve. And I think that to me is such a beautiful thing. Like I love kind of being on the side of uncertainty because I love a little element of surprise and this unpredictability. To me, that's a little bit more exciting, Cinnamon. I don't know about you than than to be able to predict every little minute of my life because things are in this static, like 
cruise yeah, control. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely, I go, I go back and forth. And it's, it's interesting because I'm an introvert. I have extrovert tendencies, um, but I'm an introvert. Mm. And so now I'm kind of put out there in public. Um, and so, you know, you want people to have, you, you want to have various experiences. And so this, me being more having to be like an extrovert is a bit uncomfortable for me uh, most of the time. And I'm saying that. You look so natural. I mean, when I'm, when I'm in it, I'm in it, but then I might need like a month and just like go to silence. (laughs) I may need to go to silence. And so that's a bit of, you know, a new experience that I'll have to understand with kind of building an audience and, you know, seeing it's okay. All right, I'm going to check out for two weeks. Y'all good? (laughs) Yeah, just give give us a heads up that you're going to be going away. (laughs) But I feel like as you, the good thing, I remember, you know, they'll tell you as you go through these progressions in life, they're like, you know, at your 20s, you feel like, you know, you can do whatever. And it's at every, you know, the world's your oyster at 30. You're thinking you need to settle down at 40. You care less about what the world thinks at 50. You don't give a damn what the world thinks and it, it progresses. So when I was turning 40, I was like really excited to be like, yes, I can't wait to not care what the world thinks. <laughs> I cannot wait, you know. And so were so many of my um, friends. We were all just welcoming 40. But I think all these age milestones get you thinking like, okay, so, you know, what does this look like? And that pressure, just know that you're the only one putting that on you. All the people who love you, uh, unless you're not doing absolutely anything with your life, but (laughs) the people who love you are not like, oh, you're 40, you should be doing this. No one has that timeline to you personally, but you. And you just have to understand that if you open yourself to new experiences, whatever that may be for your life personally, that it's going to force you to grow. There's no way to not grow. And that should be your whole goal. If it's not do this at a certain age, just say, I just want to grow. Just mm-hmm. want to grow. And just know to do that, you have to do some things differently. You can't do the same thing you've been doing all your life the same way and assume that growth comes out of that because it doesn't. Yes, yes. That is actually part of my life motto too, that absolutely is just human evolution of how much I can grow every single day. So thank you for that reminder. I love to ask my guests, mm-hmm. Cinnamon, because it's the title of my podcast. If you can go back to your younger self at any age to remind her that she should live fully in the present and always on her own terms. What is this one piece of advice you would like to pass on? Be gentle to yourself. Just be gentle. Don't be so hard on yourself. Very nice. And you have been so lovely and insightful. Thank you so much for sharing (laughs) your personal story. Yeah, no, like seriously, Cinnamon, like I said, and even if the series has been accidental as we discussed. Like I truly feel what you are doing genuinely, like you are inspiring a global community and that's huge. And, and that's such a beautiful gift. And I hope in whatever capacity it evolves that you continue to do so. And I'm so glad that you were able to share that here. So hopefully it can inspire my listeners as well. So with that said, where can people find you and connect with you? 
slide into your <laughs> slide to my DM, right? The easiest way to connect. First of all, thank you for everything you said. I really appreciate that. It was really kind of you. Um, secondly, if you're on Instagram, that's the easiest way to reach me. And I really try to respond to everyone's question. It's just going to end up having it happening in a voice note. Um, so just, you know, find me on Instagram at Driven Spice, D-R-I-V-E-N-S-P-I-C-E. And, you know, if you have any questions, just go ahead, roll on in. And um, I use Instagram specifically because it allows me to give a voice note. And if I have to email you, there's no telling <laughs> when you'll get a response. <laughs> so I can quickly and, you know, while I'm doing a whole bunch of other things, just, you know, do a voice note and tell you um, or answer your questions. And of course, if you're interested in seeing the interviews, they're on YouTube, same uh, username, Driven Spice. And there's a playlist that's called The Experiences Living Abroad. And you can hear interviews of people, various people of various you know, age demographics, um, various work background profession who decided to take the leap and leave the country in which they were used to and try to live the life of fulfillment. Amazing. Well, thank you again. I can't wait to see how that evolves. And I can't wait to meet you yes. in Lisbon one day. <laughs> I'm going to look forward to it. <laughs> We're going to give you the biggest oh, hug. You're going to be like, ah, get off. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, lovely. Thank you. Thank you. I'll talk thank to you, you soon. And thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of PS Younger Self. It really means a lot to me that you're spending your time with me. So if you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or just about anywhere you listen to your podcast. Leave me a review. Tell me what you think. It really helps me get more valuable content to you guys. So until next time, take care and remember to always live your life on your own terms.